Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Welcome to this drizzly Friday morning edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Paxton Graff, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Taylor Quinn, J.P. Flanagan, and my producer, John Carlo. Now, we've got a big lineup today. Uh, We've got a lot of sports to cover, a lot of Texas State sports, a little bit of San Marcos Rattler sport, and then also, as usual, some national sports. So make sure to stay tuned because you're not going to want to miss any bit of it because we got a lot to cover. But before we get into it, we got to throw it to J.P. Flanagan with a word from our sponsor. All right. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and scenic views. Thank you, JP. And guys, I want to know, y'all want to start with a good segment or a bad segment as far as newsworthy? Uh, I am on favor for bad news. Just get out of the way. Bad news first. All right, let's do it. Well, unfortunately, the Texas State Bobcats lost their first round matchup against the JMU Monarchs on Thursday night or Wednesday night. And that will conclude the soccer team's uh, historic season for Steve Holman's first year at the helm. And, uh, you know, guys, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot going that game. Final score was one to zero. I will say it was definitely an improvement from their previous matchup against the, against the Monarchs where the Bobcats lost three to one at home. But, I mean, nothing was going offensively for the Bobcats. I, what does y'all see? I don't know if y'all watched that game. What does y'all see in that matchup? Um, I, I didn't quite, I didn't watch the game, but, um, just to re- kind of reflect on after, um, kind of obviously like a little bit of a disappointment, um, obviously with the first year head coach, I mean, you got some bruises to kind of like kink out. Um, but I mean, you got to ha- look at how the season was as a whole. And I, I think the season really like showed, we showed improvement and th- things to look forward to in the future. Obviously this being the seniors last time to suit up, um, that could be disappointing for them, but, uh, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing for the future, um, but a uh, disappointing loss for sure. Yeah, overall, I think the Bobcats had a great season, but on Wednesday, JMU had 16 shots on goal, and Texas State only had six, and only two of those were on frame. So that definitely hurt the Bobcats, but Kaylin Christman, the goalie, played great. She had six saves, but, you know, they needed to capitalize on their opportunities. Yeah, just looking at the towards the end of this season, the Bobcats, and I've said before, when they started the season, at sometimes they just don't look like they have their legs under them. They're just fatigued or tired. They just don't have a good start to the beginning of the game or to open up the second half. And I think just some of the games that they dropped towards the end of the season um, proved in this game that, you know, you can have a great start, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So just looking at as this season was the first season for uh, Coach Holman, it's, it's a great opportunity. It's a great you know, look forward to the future for this team. But it's just, you know, it's just disappointing that Texas State loses in the first round of Sun Belt Conference Tournament again. Yeah, yeah. It, it is disappointing, like you said, again, with uh, basketball winning or losing it uh, back-to-back. 
uh, in the first round, even though they won the conference championship in the regular season, and then now Texas State soccer. Uh, so it, it definitely is a disappointing loss, but you really can't be hugely disappointed because this is Holman's first year at the helm, and what a wonderful year he had. I believe it was officially the best record overall in uh, program history, so you know, huge congrats to that, but I know they're, they're not wanting congratulations right now. They're just wanting to go back next year and respond a little bit differently than this year. So like we said, that is officially the end of Texas State soccer season. But it is now the beginning of another program season, and that is Texas State men's basketball, who had an exhibition match this past Wednesday that uh, Clint Shields was able to cover for us on KTSW. And the Bobcats came out with a very dominant win, 90-65 to against the Cameron Aggies. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big UT fan, and anytime someone beats the Aggies, I don't care if it's A&M or Cameron for that matter, I'm going to be excited. So... Uh, the Bobcats came out with a 25-point win over that. I, I don't know if y'all were able to watch that either, um, but, you know, what, did y'all see anything specific in that? And if not, just what are you looking forward to this season? Yeah, I was there at the game, and let me just say, Tyler Morgan looks like he's going to have a breakout season this season. Um, he played great, and this team, you know, with the loss of Caleb Asbury, um, which was our star player last season and just did a lot for us, got a lot got us a lot of conference wins and was the key to success for um, this team last year. Just looking at the pieces that we have, the younger guys that have stepped up. Uh, Brandon Love was looking really good. Um, he's a, a Coach TJ has talked to him about, you know, just with his length and size that he's able to just kind of like a KD-esque uh, body type that he has and he's able to dribble, he's able to work in the posts. And the way that Nate Martin was looking there, he was – Eaton in the first half, just bullying Cameron Aggies, um, as they should. But he's looking a lot better than uh, last season. And just the just the pieces that they brought in, um, you know, most of the starters did not play, um, you know, just for safety reasons. But the way that this team is looking for is look like it's going to be a good season. Yeah, um, so we're officially in the era of the transfer portal, and it's kind of affecting Texas State now. We got to see uh, Caleb Asbury uh, leap for the Big 12 in the Oklahoma State of Cowboys. Um, big deal for him, obviously, um, higher-level competition and stuff like that, but uh, that that is a blow for the Texas State Bobcats. Um, I think this team has a lot of admiration, though, since last year. They kind of got bumped in the NIT tournament first round against a tough North Texas team. Many felt like that was a game that obviously should have won. If you haven't seen that game, I definitely recommend watch it. Um, but, yeah, high admirations. I mean, a young rebuilding team, though, essentially. Uh, t- time to find a new star player. And, and I got to watch a few highlights of that uh, Cameron game. And, yeah, Tyler Morgan looked impressive. Like, that first dunk with like off the steal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, wow, okay, that, that guy definitely is going to have a breakout year. So, so yeah, uh, definitely some things to look forward to. And then that Washington State uh, exhibition game, I mean, that'll be, like, a real true test, and especially on the road, like, this early in the season. Um, that's something you, you got you to, like, bring your best foot forward and, uh, you know, show what you got for the season to come. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Texas State's transfer, uh, Brandon Davis. He, I think he's a great addition to the Bobcats. He finished on Wednesday night with a game-high 23 points. And overall, the Bobcats played really well. They shot 51.5% from the field, 16 from 18 from the free throw line. So they had it together that game. Yeah, Tyrell Morgan was looking dominant in this game, especially with that one duck JP was talking about. I mean, shades of a young Michael Jordan from the free throw line dunking it. It was it was a beautiful sight to see. But that is Tech State men's basketball. They still have one more exhibition matchup next week, and then they will finally begin their regular season. 
But let's switch it over to the other team that plays in the Strand Arena, and that is the Texas State Volleyball, which they will be playing tonight and tomorrow against the Troy Trojans tonight at 6 p.m. and tomorrow at 2 p.m. ESPN Plus is broadcasting both games. Unfortunately, we are not calling that game, but like I said, y'all can watch it on ESPN Plus. Now, I just want y'all to know, Texas State enters this matchup 18-6 overall, 10-2 in conference play while they're leading the West Division, and Troy is just right behind them, 16-8 and overall, and as well, 10-2 and in conference play as well. So pretty much the winner of this series will potentially lead the West Division, and this is also the last home game for the Bobcats. A lot riding on the stakes right here. Uh, they, they also only have, including these two, four more games less. A lot is riding on the, on the game right here. So what do, y'all, what do y'all think going into this matchup? Um, I got to see the game on Friday against Arkansas State, and I'm not gonna say I felt like they were out, like um, out of out of the game at any point, like because they were definitely on top. I mean, it was three zero by the end of the game, but uh, you, they kind of started slow essentially. Like they were letting Arkansas State in the game, and I think that's something that um, at this point of the season you saw them kind of fix, like as the game went on, because I mean, with the score being three um, zero, they realized what they are capable of and 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 ended strong. And at this point of the season, that's really what we need to look forward in a team because uh, you're not really going to be allowed to lose when it comes to, uh, con- or tournament time. So um, seeing a team being able to like re- uh, know that th- you know they should be winning this game and essentially come out on top back to back days. So uh, very impressive, especially this late in the season, which is something you're looking forward to. Yeah, both teams, I think, have really strong players. Troy's Amara Anderson is actually third behind Emily DeWall in career assists. And, you know, both teams are top two spots in the Sun Belt West Division, so this will be a critical game, and hopefully Texas State pulls a win. Yeah, with this volleyball team, just closing out the season on a high note is what they need, especially for the last home game. Just the way that this team has looked all year, they've just been sharp. They've improved every single match, I believe, just from – the opening of the season where I thought like their communication was a little off, their reaction times were a little off. Um, they've just been looking sharper and sharper and better. And just the way that they've dominated the Sun Belt um, this season is just a, a high note of success and a point for them to go into the tournament and, you know, not be like the basketball team, like the soccer team, just prove everyone that Texas State is here to win and that's what they need to do. And indeed, that is what they're trying to do as they will be playing again tonight, the Troy Trojans at 6 p.m. and tomorrow at 2 p.m. at Strand Arena. Now, guys, I just want to let y'all know this is the last time you'll be able to see names like Janelle Fitzgerald, Emily DeWalt in a Bobcat uniform at Strand Arena. So definitely go out, support the Bobcats because this is an historical team to witness. So definitely go out and support them one last time in Strand Arena. But we're going to switch it to another sport but this one is a little bit lower in the ranks with high school football and that is San Marcos High School football who will be playing tonight at 7 30 p.m. against the East Central Hornets myself and Kyle Owen will be on the call at around 7 15 and guys this is a huge game probably the biggest game of the season because pretty much it is the winner of this game will clinch that fourth and final spot in the district standings and will move on to the playoffs. So this is a huge game for both teams. Um, if Shirts Clemens loses against Cibolo Steel, that will pretty much guarantee the winner of this matchup going to the playoffs. So it is a final game of the season for one of these teams. Which one will it be, the Rattlers or the Hornets? What do you all think? 
Um, this is honestly what I live for, kind of like that really high stake kind of game. And it's not in the way you want it to be, like championship. It's in the opposite way. Like you got to earn your way into the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I, I had this kind of experience when I was in high school. We the same exact record, and it came down to the last game. And if, and we didn't we didn't end up winning. But if <laughs> San Marcos can you know really just come out and like playing with the energy they thought they had coming into this season. I mean, obviously no coach for this game. Um, but you got to come out on top of this one. And I, I think East Central obviously has struggled this year. And, I mean, we've been saying it every week that um, this might be must win. This might be must win. Well, guys, there's no more. This yeah. might be must win. This is the one. It might be. It is must win. So uh, you got to come out with the win tonight. Yeah, San Marcos is coming off a tough, a tough loss, 38-10. to 10. So their defense definitely needs to be better. They can't be giving up 38 points and expect to win. I think they need to keep giving the ball to Jaden Brown. He's averaging 100 rushing yards per game, so I think he'll be a key component in the game tonight. Yeah, for this team, just with all the losses that they've and all the controversy that's been around and surrounding them, you know, going to the last game, you just got to shut that out, play for each other. Um, and, you know, I've... My high school played against East Central. They whooped our butt. But, you know, this year is different. The East Central team isn't as strong as they have been in the past. Um, so I think just with San Marcos, they just, you know, have to put their heads down, block out all all the noise, all that, you know, going to school, you know. You got everybody talking about you. You got people on the radio talking about you. You got, you know, <laughs> block out all the noise, just play for each other. You know, if you're able to do that. And, you know, this team is good. They ha- they have shined and sparkled in, in moments of the season. This, you know, capitalizing on that. And it's the last game of the season. You have to play hard. You know, that's what you need to do. Yeah, you do. This could potentially, this is hard to say, this could potentially be the last time you see Jaden Brown, Jake Rodriguez-Schultz, Isaiah DeLeon, Tony Diaz, Jake Darling, all wearing a Rattler jersey. And it's hard to realize because I've covered them the last two seasons now. And it's like I've, I've grown a connection with these guys as far as calling games. It's hard to believe this could potentially be their last matchup. But they will have to prove if they are playoff worthy or not tonight at 7.30 p.m. at East Central High School in East San Antonio, where myself and Kyle Owen will be on the call at 7.15 right here on KTSW 89.9. Well, we're going to take a quick break, folks, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to talk some Texas State football and as well some national sports. Make sure to stay tuned as you're listening to KTSW 89.9. Three out of four games is what the Bobcats have to win in order to clinch bowl eligibility. Last time this happened was in 2014, which was eight seasons ago. Guys, it is going to be a tough one because... We have Louisiana Monroe this weekend, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Jeff Gandy and Clint Shields will be on the call right here at KTSW right around the 315 mark. It's going to be a big game. I know I'd probably say it's going to be a big game every single week with every single game. But, uh, guys, this is this is a program-defining moment. You either make bowl eligibility by winning three out of your last four, or you don't. And uh, President Danfis made it clear that if we make a bowl game, he is jumping in the river. He still has yet to jump in the river. And I want to see him with his very nice suit on jumping in that very cold (laughs) river right around mid-November, late November, Mark. So, uh, but anyway, so this weekend, like I said, they will be going to Louisiana Monroe to play against the Warhawks. The Warhawks are currently... Uh, sitting at three and nine overall, not three and nine. I am sorry. They're sitting at three and five overall and not looking good in the conference as well. But the Bobcats are right there with them. Just one spot ahead of them in the West division. Guys, 
What do you think it's going to take coming off a of bye week for them to come out and win this game? Um, you you got to come out with your A game. Uh, this is a, t- a ULM team that, like, on paper has lost a lot of games. But if you look at this schedule, they've played, like, the highest level of competition you can play. They've played Bama. They've played Texas. And not, they haven't competed with them. But, like, being in that game at all is uh, um, is quite, like, an achievement. Like, that's playing against the best of the best. So um, the, the record, I really just throw it out of the way. Um, I... I bring this to like coaching at this point like this is spav versus a, a very well-known uh, family football name it's the bowden family um their father coached or his father coached at florida state won a national championship uh terry bowden also went 11 and 0 in 1993 and with auburn and almost won a national championship but they didn't get labeled the national champion but um this is a really going to be a battle like who, who's going to be out on top like coaching wise and uh obviously on the field but uh the, i mean i know the record shows a lot of losses but i i would really throw this out of the way and this is just going to be a, a hard-nosed football game yeah, this is a big game for Texas State. I think they need to keep giving the ball to Ashton Hawkins. He's been a great asset for the team this season. Lane Hatcher has done a great job of giving him the ball. And Hawkins is tied for 13th in the nation for total reception. So I think keep giving him the ball and let him run. Yeah, with this Texas State team, you know, going against ULM, you know, on ESPN, they're, you know, just slightly, slightly looking to to get a win. They're 2% ahead of uh, ULM to win this matchup. And, like you said, JP, this the record that they played has been, you know, difficult and hard, and you know they played some tough uh, conference opponents as well. But this team, you know, going against Texas State, which has had so many inconsistencies throughout the season, the only thing that I can point out with Texas State is their defense that stays pretty consistent, um, forcing turnovers almost every game. Just with the offense, you just need um, Ashton Hawkins to be the main the main driving force of the offense and Lincoln Perry to get some touches and get something going. He couldn't get the running game, couldn't get anything going in our last matchup, you know, negative yards for the majority of the game. And if you just get a rushing game going, like I've preached before over and over and over again throughout the season, if you get a running game going and you already have pieces on offense with your receivers and this is the way that um, Hatcher has played, um, through the past two games is no interceptions um of course you know we need the o-line to step up and protect him but with with those pieces in mind it's just take some proper offensive calling seeing the right reads and that will be able to get you a win against ulm for sure now ulm the warhawks they are looking to make a bowl eligible game as well except they are in a little bit of a tougher boat i said earlier they're three and five they're actually two and six my bad so they actually have to win their last four games in order to make a bowl eligibility game and they haven't done that since 2018 which is tough for them but the bobcats they can afford to lose this game but they really don't need to they really don't need to uh, but like I said, that will be tomorrow at 4 p.m. where our very own Clint Shields and Jeff Gandy will be on the call right around the 315 mark. So make sure to tune in here to KTSW 89.9 to listen to Lane Hatcher, Ashton Hawkins, and hopefully Calvin Hill get some uh, get some yards tomorrow and maybe a Bobcat win. We'll see. But we're going to move on to more broader or spectrum as we are going to talk about national sports now and Quite possibly the biggest national sport to talk about right this second will be the MLB playoffs as we just came off a three game streak, three nights in a row. I don't, I don't remember the last time I watched three baseball games in a row because I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I watched every single one of them all the way through. And I got to say, the Astros looking pretty good in Philly. 
I don't know how they're going to look in Houston as the Astros are coming back to Houston with a 3-2 advantage over the Philadelphia Phillies. They are one game shy of winning this World Series, guys. What what is going to happen? What do you what do you what have you seen so far? What is it? I just first got to agree with you. This is probably like the only time of year you're going to see me sitting in front of a TV watching a four-hour <laughs> baseball game. Uh, it's very, very draining. But uh, I think the Houston Astros really like proved that they're the David in this instance. Uh, or I mean, I'm sorry, they're the Goliath in this instance. Uh, like no one really expected the Phillies to be in this position. And to be honest, when the Phillies were up two-one, I was like, okay, this is more of a an even keel matchup. But uh, they showed their dominance, winning two games at, uh, in Philly. Um, you got to think that they could continue that at home. Like you got to think that but I mean if the Phillies can do it you got to think the Astros could do it um I think one thing that was kind of standing out in like the past few games is Ryan Presley coming in in like that eighth ninth inning mm-hmm. and they'll be showing stats about like the the hitters against Ryan Presley and they're like all zero for 12 one for 12 including postseason and it's just like that guy's got everyone's number and uh it's quite evident that he, he's the guy uh, to close the game and I, I think that that'll take him to just pull out probably one or two more um I'm just going to make a bold statement and think the Astros just probably clinch it the next game, though. Game six. Yeah, Jeremy Pena has been great in the series. You know, last night he had the fourth inning go-ahead homer, and he's the first rookie shortstop ever to hit a homer in the World Series. The Phillies have been struggling with runners in scoring position, and that's really what's been hurting them. So if they want a chance of winning the next game, they need to capitalize on their opportunities and stop leaving their runners in scoring position. Yeah, these uh, the Astros have just been, you know, like you said, the Goliath in this series, and just just the way that they they play is just, you know, they execute on all levels of the field. Um, but I'm just praying the Phillies just get a win, dude. I'm <laughs> praying on my knees, dear Lord. Um, you know, and I usually do not like rooting for Philadelphia at all in any sport. Um, but I'm just tired of the Astros winning. So, um, I think the Phillies do pull one out in the next game just you know keep it I think they have the pieces to keep um the competition going in this world series um but Astros most likely will probably win this well it's looking less likely right now but I am a man of my word I'll stick to my word I'm still predicting the Phillies in seven I called it last week uh before all these games started and uh I'm a man of my word even though it doesn't look like they can win two in a row I'm still going to stand by them, and maybe Bryce Harper can pull something out. But uh, that is going to do it for MLB playoffs. As we said, the Houston Astros are currently leading the Philadelphia Phillies 3-2. to two. They are one game shy of winning their second overall World Series in franchise history. But we're going to switch it to gridiron again, except this time we're going to talk about all of college football. We're not talking about specifically Texas State football. Guys, this is a big weekend. Um... We've got some pretty big top 10 matchups this weekend. What are y'all thinking? What are y'all predicting? Give me a game. Uh, I'm going to leave the Texas game for you on that one, but I'll go, ahead, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about this Georgia-Tennessee game. Um, a lot of people are really talking about um, the, that offense, and I've seen a lot of comparison to like that 2019 LSU team. Um, I, I don't see it. I don't think you have a Joe Burrow on the team. I know Hendon Hooker's got a lot of hype. Essentially him winning that last game. Um, kind of solidified him being in like that that top position for the Heisman right now. I mean, you beat Georgia. I don't really see who can win the Heisman besides like maybe C.J. Stroud. So obviously they have a lot to prove. But though I think the one thing Georgia does have going for them is the defense. So if Tennessee's 
thing going for them is the offense. Um, this is going to be a clash. And um, if uh, if Georgia can keep this team to under like the 50 points that they've been scoring, I think they have a good shot. Um, I think it'll just definitely depend on um, Stetson Bennett coming out and playing his game and, you know, Georgia living up to the hype. But I, I think Georgia should win this game. Um, but a lot of obviously a lot of hype on Tennessee this year. Yeah, I'm excited for Alabama LSU, obviously, you know, the SEC West rivals. I've actually been to a Bama LSU game in Death Valley and the atmosphere is insane. It's crazy. It's so exciting. LSU has been on a hot streak. They've won six of their last seven games. Jaden Daniels has been great. But then, you know, you have Bryce Young and his talented group of receivers. So I think it's going to be a good game and I think it'll be close. No, I like good Texas matchup, you know. Um, so I'm going to go with Texas Tech and TCU. Um, yeah, that one, I'm looking forward to that one. Fox. TCU, yeah. <laughs> TCU, uh, I was undefeated going against uh, Tech, which is, you know, Tech has had, you know, they're 4-4, four and four, but they've had some shining moments throughout mm-hmm. the season. So I definitely think that they can give TCU a run for their money. Um, my prediction is Texas Tech wins this game. Ooh. But I'm not putting money on that, though. I'm a smart <laughs> man. I'm a smart man. I'm in college, okay? Um but that's my matchup for the week. So, um, yeah, I think TCU falls, uh, drops the ball in this one. And, you know, Texas matchups are always the best. Well, uh, TCU will have one more big matchup, and that will be next week uh, in Austin, Texas. So we'll see how that goes. But my game is actually not Texas and Kansas State. Surprisingly, it is actually Clemson and Notre Dame. And the reason why <sighs> is because Clemson beat Syracuse 27-21. to Notre Dame thumped. Syracuse 41 to 24 at the dome in Syracuse, New York. I'm curious to see are the fighting Irish fighting their way back into the college football play? Well, maybe not the playoffs because they've already lost three, but really just the national spotlight because with a win against Clemson, that will pretty much for sure knock Clemson out of the playoffs and that will bump. Uh, Notre Dame stock up with Marcus Freeman. I'm, I'm curious to see how it'll pan out this Saturday, but that is all the games for this Saturday. Do you have something to say, JP? I mean, if you're not going to plug a Texas game, I'll plug it just for a there second. There you go. There you um, go. <laughs> crazy enough, I, I don't know how this happens, but every week Texas is favored, and it doesn't make any sense to me because like, you would think Kansas State only like two losses on the season. Texas is favored two and a half. Uh, it's really hard just to pick it, to pick who to win in this game. Um, but if Kansas State has a backup quarterback, I think Texas has a chance. But it, it just baffles me how Texas is favored every week. Yeah. I, I know it's the name, and I love Texas, but like how? Like after a loss like last week, how are you favored to beat a Kansas State team who beat the team you beat or lost to, forty eight to zero? So I don't know. I had yeah. to plug the Texas game in there for a second. There's a couple <laughs> things. I wish I, we had more time because I wouldn't want to talk about the college football playoff rankings, but we don't have enough time. But I will say with the Texas matchup. There is a couple things. Adrian Martinez most likely will be out, which is a huge blow for the Wildcats. They are at home, though, and it's hard to beat Kansas State at Kansas State. Uh, nicest fans you'll ever meet, by the way. But also, last game was Quinn Ewers' first actual away game because this first technically was the one in Dallas. That's not really an away game, a neutral site. Last game was his first away game, and he obviously showed it. So I think now with a little bit of experience under his belt, I feel like he'll probably go out, definitely outshine, maybe not be spot on perfect, but I think he'll be pretty good against the Wildcats. But that is going to conclude it for uh, college football as far as nationally. But we are not done yet because, John Carlo, I don't know if you've looked outside. It is looking a little cloudy today. And 
I'm just wondering, what is it going to look like the rest of this week? Is it going to be this humid? Is it going to be this wet? What is it going to look like? Well, for the rest of the day, it's going to be with 90% chance of rain um, throughout the rest of the day and 84 as the high. Um, sunset 642, but cloudy throughout the rest of the the night and into Saturday, it will be a cool 50 degrees to start off your morning and 74 with sunny chance um, and some clouds uh, for Saturday and Sunday will be 51 low and 81 high and sunny as well. So it's looking like a good weekend, just an ugly Friday. <laughs> Very ugly Friday, but hopefully it uh, moves out of the way for tonight's Rattler game because I'm going to that, and I really need to get there safely because we got a lot of San Antonio traffic to hit. Yeah, you do. But anyway, that is going to do it for today's episode, guys. We hope that you all enjoyed it. Don't worry if you want to continue hearing our lovely voices or anybody else lovely voices on staff. You'll be able to do that next Monday morning with our Bobcat Radio Monday edition. So make sure to tune into that. If you enjoyed this episode of Bobcat Radio or want to continue hearing anything San Marcos High School or Texas State related, make sure to follow us and keep up with us on KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you can't make it out to any of this weekend's games, volleyball, San Marcos High School football, Texas State football, don't worry because KTSW has you covered except for volleyball. I just realized that I made a mistake. <laughs> except for volleyball. You can watch that on ESPN+. Plus. But for San Marcos High School football and Texas State football, it will be on here at KTSW 89.9. Make sure to tune in to enjoy the excitement of the game from the comfort of wherever you are. For John Carlo, Taylor Quinn, and J.P. Flanagan, I'm Paxton Graff, and thank you for listening to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. Now have a safe weekend, and let's get you back to the other side of radio.